Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Patrick Frank is a video entrepreneur and the founder of Patch Bay Media. Patch Bay Media works with creative agencies, schools, and education organizations, small businesses, and advocacy nonprofits to create targeted cinematic videos for more effective online marketing. He's also the founder of EditVideoCalls.com. EditVideoCalls.com turns your everyday Zoom calls into useful, shareable videos by helping coaches and consultants create social media videos, training videos, and website videos from the Zoom calls they're already having. And last but not least, he's also the author of Zoom Out, the Video First Playbook. Patrick, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Are you ready to dive in? Yeah, man. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. EditVideoCalls.com. How do you get results for your customers? Yeah, definitely. When we think about coaches and consultants, they're very active on LinkedIn, especially and in other places. I know you're a huge LinkedIn user. And the game here is really just about staying top of mind. It's when we need someone to come in and deliver a keynote, when we need someone to come in and fix our sales process or something that might be, who are you going to hire? It's the person that you trust the most. It's the person that you're seeing consistently put out useful content on social media and things like that. And I think video is one of the best ways to do that. You can just infuse so much personality, expertise, experience into a tightly edited package that generally runs from 30 seconds to three minutes. And we help coaches and consultants do that with our edit video call service oftentimes using the calls they're already having, the LinkedIn Lives that they're already recording, the webinars and the panel discussions that they're already taking part in. It's all about taking all this long-form content, that oftentimes is an hour or so, if you're going to be on a podcast or a LinkedIn Live or something like that, find little shareable nuggets. We have a team of journalists and filmmakers, other people that have expertise in narrative-based video production and news um, and broadcast, and we can find those shareable moments package them up into a branded template and consistently give them content they can share on LinkedIn to demonstrate that expertise and experience. Awesome. And I know we're here today to talk about specific outreach campaign that you ran for edit but I want to talk a little bit about before that, 
What did you try in the past to promote your service and why look into cold email as an option? Yeah, definitely. I'll give kind of like the long answer. I'm a very typical creative, right? Like I got good at a craft, which was making videos. I was working at several companies and I was a pain in the ass at all those companies. I was a terrible employee because I always thought I could do it better. And I just was doing freelance work on the side the whole time. And it just got to the point where I was like, okay, like I have more freelance work than I am making in my day job. And it just makes sense to pull off the bandaid and make the switch. So that was in 2013. And so I've been doing this full time without any employees. I have lots of contractors, but I'm still a solo person for almost nine years now. And, you know, over time, you just try to figure out like, okay, like, what are the pieces that I can outsource? How can I get smarter about stuff? Because especially if you're just spending time either on set or in Final Cut Pro or something, like there's only so many projects that you can take on, right? And so everyone kind of hits this wall and it's like, okay, well, how can I keep growing and keep and start outsourcing the things that I don't want to do? For me, that started off being like After Effects, all the motion graphics and stuff like that. Like, I don't want to touch that. And then it got into, and then, well, I'll kind of fast forward, then the pandemic happens, right? And we're not allowed to film anything, right? Everyone's canceling all the shoots, canceling all these projects, but they still need content. We have all these virtual events now. Coaches and consultants still need content for LinkedIn, things like that. And that's when people just, my clients just started reaching out and said, hey, I got all these Zoom recordings. Can we do anything with this? And that was sort of the genesis of edit video calls. And that's when I realized like, oh, I have a product I service here where we've defined what the deliverable is with these cut downs from these longer recordings that, that were being shared with us. I can outsource a lot of this from the clip hunting to the production, stuff like that. And then it made sense to kind of get started with cold email. I did your course, which I highly recommend to everyone. And I hope you uh, relaunch that at some point soon because it was hugely eye-opening for me about all the nuts and bolts about how to set up your accounts and your, your email address your your separate domain and you kind of uh, i don't know the term like like firewall all your stuff you know kind of keep all your cold outreach accounts separate so from an email to prevent damaging the sending reputation of your main domain yep yes exactly that was kind of stuff that i had heard like run like in different facebook groups and things i mean people would talk about that but i didn't really know what that meant mm-hmm. and going through your course i knew i was setting up everything properly that i wasn't going to damage my url um, or my email account or anything like that. And then I used Lemlist and I hired a company to create some lists for me. And then I put together the cold email campaign, really just copied yours and kind of went step by step and got some great results from it. And that was a new thing for me to do. Again, coming from a creative field and now trying to transition more into running a company. It was a cool experiment. And now that's definitely like another tool I have in my pocket now or a future service that I might spin up, or if I want to target a particular group of people for something. Yeah, that gives a little bit into kind of starting out at video calls and the, the cold outreach campaign. Awesome. And I want to dive into each of those high-level steps. Before we do, let's talk about what type of results you got from running this campaign. Yeah, definitely. I had sent around 2,000 emails in a six-step sequence. I got around a 50% open rate on each email. I got a 3% click rate and a 4% reply rate and closed around 2 to 3% and altogether generated about $20,000 for this new edit video call service that was aimed at coaches and consultants. Awesome. And how many prospects, and you sent 2,000 emails, how many prospects were in the campaign total? Well, so that was, it was 2,000, 
It was, it was about 2,000 prospects. 2,000 prospects. So, Got it. Yeah. I would send out around, I would start the sequence with around 500 new prospects per month. I ran it for four or five months. And I can see like step one on an A-B test sent uh, 786 emails on, on A and 776 on B. And then on the next stage, we sent 1,300 emails. And it was about 1,300 for the rest of them. Obviously, there's some opt-outs along the way. But uh, yeah, those are kind of the raw numbers there. For sure. And just to give context to that 20K, how many like customers would that be roughly? Or like sales into that 20K? I'm terrible at math, but <laughs> what's that, like 50? 50, 50 customers? customers? Okay. If I send 2,000 emails and a 2%, what's 2,000 times? Oh, the 4 is 40. Yeah. If I sent 2,000 emails, mm-hmm. or if I put 2,000 people in a sequence, mm-hmm. and I got a 2% conversion, that's 40 customers. Okay, got it. And I think that's, the, that's kind of, I think that's a good message to tell people. It's like, especially if you have something that costs a little bit, I'm not sending, selling a $10 a month SaaS, mm-hmm. right? Like, my kind of goal is a $500 video package, mm-hmm. which I'm normally like on a custom video package we're we're doing something that's five to ten thousand dollars right mm-hmm. so this is kind of like a lower cost lower barrier to entry offer and you don't need a whole lot of people right right and if you're doing something that is a couple hundred dollars you don't need thousands of people to sign up you don't need thousands of collecting credit cards on stripe you just need 30 40 80 and that was really interesting for me to learn too is that again i listen to your podcast and it's like you know, we had tens of thousands of, of <laughs> subscribers and, you know, all this, all like just huge numbers, $10 million, all this stuff. But like, for me, like, that's great. That's all I need. I wouldn't be discouraged and I wouldn't try to be hitting seven figure goals. You don't really need that. Like, so that was cool to see. Right. Starting with the end in mind, like this result, you got, you got 40 customers selling a $500 package. Other metrics before that, like conversion, reply, click rate, open rate, like the reply rate could have been higher, but you know what? It was the first campaign and it produced solid results. You can always go back and revise different parts. Like I just, I want, I really want people to focus on like the end in mind and for you and for most people, it should be revenue from their campaigns, right? You're selling something. Touching on, I want to touch on like your list, outreach and copy or offer and copy outreach. And then a little touch on the tech stack to finish things off. Building the list. How did you, you said you work with a company to build that. What was that targeting like? Yeah, so I was just looking for coaches and consultants. One thing I found was that if on LinkedIn, their company size was two, that was really helpful. Mm. Because if it's one person, they're maybe just starting off, maybe they're not making a whole lot of money. But if they said their company is between two and 10, I think is, is one of the filters that you can search by. That two to 10 was a real light bulb moment because then it's like, oh, okay, like they actually have employees, like they actually have some money and therefore they might have some money to spend at marketing. I think a lot of these people that are solopreneurs, they're running their own thing, like they don't have a dedicated assistant, they don't have a dedicated salesperson or something like that. They need to invest elsewhere. Video is not the first thing that people should be spending on. That's the other thing that I've realized too over the years. It's like, you need a good website, you need a couple things before video and then once you start getting the gears going, you start seeing some success, then it makes sense to start investing in video. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of companies that we work with are agencies that represent different organizations or, or different people. That agency is not getting brought on until they have some baseline of success, that they have some traction, that they know this is working. Right. 
And so that's why we work a lot with agencies that can outsource the video piece to us. And then it all kind of comes together. We were looking for coaches and consultants that had two to 10 employees. We definitely looked at their LinkedIn pages to see if they were doing any video. And if they weren't, that was a, a key kind of thing in the, in the, the outreach. Hey, notice you weren't doing any video. Did you, like our clients, and we had some, some results in there too, of course. One of the people I worked with, they posted a video and the next day they got a speaking opportunity. That someone saw them in the video and they thought, oh, you know what? We had talked to Brandy a couple months ago about being the speaker at this event that we were having. We should definitely reach out to her, okay? Like, would they have remind, remembered that if they didn't see her in this video on LinkedIn? Maybe, maybe not. But immediately that jumped back into that, that key decision maker's head that, oh yeah, we need Brandy for that. So that was one of the early kind of successes that we had. And then also, because especially on LinkedIn, there's, I think there's just a lot less competition from video than there is on other platforms, sure. especially YouTube, Facebook, these sort of things. When you can be posting videos consistently, even just once a week, your organic reach is massive compared to other social platforms. We were able to kind of show some of the results there of the engagement people were getting on their posts, again, like getting hired for, for this and that, being able to collect some of those results to include in the copy on the cold email campaign. Very cool. Coaches and consultants, company size two to 10. You were targeting people who were not doing video on LinkedIn, and that kind of informed your messaging from there. This company, were they using Sales Navigator or just regular LinkedIn to build a list? I'm sure they're using Sales Navigator or Apollo or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Some sort of tool to like pull out or refine that targeting, right? Okay. Very cool. We have this list we're built, we've built. Moving on to this, like the copy you're using and the offer you're putting in there, can you walk us through what your messaging was like? On our, on the original cold email, on the first of a six-step sequence, I'm literally just saying, trust is the foundation of any business, and we're in the business of building trust through video. Our unique process doesn't require scripts or cameras, and our done-for-you edits cost around $50 per video. Can I send you a one-minute video showing how it works. And if you're not interested, reply back. No, thanks. You won't hear from me again. There's not a single link in there. There is not a, if you're interested, buy here. What I realized is that the goal of any kind of cold outreach, and I probably learned this from your course, is just to get a response. Amen. Because when you get a response, then you have permission. Now you're starting a conversation. Yes. And it's like, oh, tell me more about what you're doing. Yeah. Not everyone is going to be a good fit for what you're doing, even if you've done a really good job curating that list. I think it's really important, especially on that initial outreach, to just not be annoying and just say, hey, I think I can help you with this. Do you want to hear more? Mm -hmm. And if they say yes, boom, now you're in. And a couple of things I want to note, like you've given them an idea of the cost, right? Because that's usually on people's minds. You give them like a ballpark idea of that. Another thing is their time investment. So I know, especially like for non-video people, like when I think of video, I think, oh, that's going to take a ton of work and extra effort and lights and cameras and I don't I don't want to do all that, right? You're eliminating that objection up front, right? And your call to action is very low risk for them because you're not pushing them onto a sales call. You're not trying to get them roped into some long thing. You're asking permission to just send them an, a quick video that they can watch. So very easy. You're greasing the slide, making it easy for them to move forward. So I love yeah. that. And that video was just a, a loom that I would just send a Loom link, and then I would follow up a couple of days later. Hey, did you get a chance to watch it? And then I would follow up one more time. I did this all manually. Once I got the response, I would just do these manual follow-ups after I sent that Loom video describing what this is and how it works. That was very simple. Very cool. So the six steps, 
you had that that first step is an email. What are the emails that came after that? You know, not to read through them all, but if you just kind of get yeah. the idea of the angle behind it, for sure. Totally. Second one, the subject is in case you missed the first one. And I basically just reiterated what I did. At, you know, I sent that three days later. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the third one, I sent a free ebook. I did a lead magnet move there. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people actually signed up for that, but it wasn't many, I don't think. On the fourth one, I sent some examples. I just said, hey, do you want a video that looks like this? And then I had a couple links in there. Because now you're kind of like getting desperate, right? <laughs> like if you're on email four, you're sort of like, all right, what can I do? And I'm probably going to lose this person. They're probably not interested. So like, whatever, like maybe this or that will get them. They're probably lost anyway. Email five is my favorite that I lifted directly from you. That's the cookie monster gif where he's doing his fingers on the table. Like subject line is question mark. And then there's a cookie monster in there. And I definitely got a lot of replies like, hey, this was really funny. Or like, thanks for giving me a smile this morning or something like that. Again, these are people that either opened and ignored or didn't open any of the four emails before that. And now all of a sudden, like I'm in their inbox. Again, like, I don't know how many of those people like signed up, maybe none, but still like, that's a fun thing to do. And then finally, the last one is like, goodbye. Hey, I've been trying to reach you. You're not interested. No worries. I'll see you later. Bye. Right. And what I really like about those follow-ups, like the, the, the value ones you're giving after the first one and before that cookie monster gift, you're, you're allowing them to like consume your information, learn more about you on their own time, right? You're sending them an email, hey, check out this ebook and show this ebook and check out these videos, right? You're you're giving them the control to to educate themselves, which is what people really want. Like, especially in 2022, like people have been on a lot of sales calls. They don't like getting pushed into sales calls just to learn about what it is you're talking about. So I love that part of it. The cookie monster thing. And the reason I put that in there, I've used that before, obviously. And it's, you want to evoke emotion out of people. Like most of us are going through the day, like you're on your phone, you're in the zombie state, you're working, you're, you're, (laughs) you're scrolling through your inbox, you're doom scrolling, like, and then you get something that like completely like makes you, in this case, makes you smile. I've had. It stops you in your tracks. You're like, what, what is this? (laughs) It stops you. And you can even in the, in the, with Limbless, which you were using and in the course, like there's, I talk about it. There's a way to add their name in there to dynamically insert their name into the GIF so that it has their name on the meme of the, with the cookie monster. And it just gives, it, it evokes some sort of emotion and you want them to hit that reply button. I've had the opposite effect. I've had, well, good and bad with that same email. I've had people like really pissed off about it. But you know what? Like, <laughs> I want that. Like, okay, you're pissed off. I'll take you off. You're done. But like, you want some emotion. Like the worst thing you can get is like nothing, like no, no sort of reply. So yeah. sometimes you got to like go up against the edge and like try something a little out of the box to get that human emotion from somebody. I love it. And then the strip line email, fear or loss, you're ending it. I love that. Classic. Very cool. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, what you know, when you get your first couple, this is spam. How did you get my email address? I'm reporting you. Like all those kind of things. Like I'm sure you've seen a million of those in, oh, your, yeah. in your day. Like the first couple you get, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, am I a bad right, person? Right, like, right. am I like a terrible business owner? Like, am I doing everything illegally? But you just have to like work through that and know that like, again, like you're going to find the right people. It's 2%. 2% is what you want, right? Mm-hmm. If you send 50 emails, maybe 10 or 20 of them could be a reply like that. But all you need is one person out of that 50 
to go for what to go for your offer. Yeah, that's what you're working towards. Once you think about it that way and break it down, like we were talking about earlier, it makes it much more manageable. Yeah, and I'll say a couple of things on that. If someone is giving you that response, they're either having a bad day, which we've all been there. I don't respond like that to salespeople just because it's near and dear to my heart. But they're either having a bad day. They don't sell. They would never cold email anyone for anything. Or they probably have tr- problems selling themselves. Like one thing I've learned from my, <laughs> from my career in sales is like how you buy is how you sell. Like if you're a bad buyer, like you waffling, you waste time, like you're not upfront about your intentions, you're probably bad at selling. That's just something to think about. Like sometimes people who respond like that, you check them out and they're, they're selling their own stuff. And it's like, I, how could you? It doesn't make sense. That's fascinating. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I love the psychology behind buying and selling. I think it's awesome. Moving into the tech stack, I know you're using Limbless to send emails. Any other tech, I, I assume you're using G Suite if you follow what was in the course or Google Workspace to set up your emails. Yep. And you mm-hmm. use the company to build a list. So not really a tool there. They use a tool. Anything else that you used in your process? No, I think that using the company to, to outsource the list was a good move for me because mm-hmm. I'm not a LinkedIn sales navigator expert. Yeah. All I know, like I basically would just say, hey, here's five clients that I'm working yes. with that I like. Here's what they have in common. Find me people like this, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I got a very detailed spreadsheet that had city, state, phone numbers, whatever. And one thing that I, I think it might be worth talking about now is about personalization at scale. Mm-hmm. One huge failure I had was I said, okay, I'm going to make insanely personalized pitches to people. I'm going to hire a VA and all they're going to do for 20 hours a week is just to like research people, find their websites, learn everything about them. Right. And then, and then put together what Glenless calls tiramisu or like, you know, what you could call like a, a personalized sentence or two, like at the beginning of your, your first mm-hmm. email. Uh, diminishing returns like crazy yep. on that because you don't need all that much stuff. If you just say, we're working with a lot of people in Portland, Oregon, and thought that you might be interested, now all of a sudden you personalize it for them. Yes. That might not even be true. Like, hopefully it should be true ish or something along those lines. But if you're able to drop in those variables organically in ways that make sense, right now I'm, I'm working on a new cold email campaign where we're going to target people that are running courses, right? Love so the it. variables there are like, how much does the course cost? Obviously, what is it called? Who is it for? That sort of thing. Those are single words or just a couple words that can be cells in a spreadsheet that mm-hmm. should very easily translate into the variable format. And I think that that's the stuff that people are looking for, that you are not just like blasting them without any personalization whatsoever, is that you took some time you show that you're being careful and thoughtful about building the list and reaching out to them. And obviously that your offer makes sense for them. Yeah. And it informs everything, right? Like you were saying, building that list based off of demographic information or even some sort of firmographic information, like, okay, what usually happens before some in somebody's business before they buy my product or service? Using that as relevance to build your list and then put that in the messaging of like, this is why I'm reaching out. Like that's how you do successful outreach. Really find people who are most likely to buy your stuff. You can help them and then target them that way and then use that information and call that out. And you can scale it that way. Find out instead of like you're doing this one-to-one personalization you're talking about, find something that a group of people share, segment them, and then put that in a campaign. 
Absolutely. Boom. That's personalization at scale, 100%. I love it. All right. Awesome. Patrick Frank, editvideocalls.com. Anything else you want to get through to the audience or things you would want to try on your next go round with cold email? I think your audience is a lot of salespeople and a lot of people that are, are in this world of cold outreach and sales and things like that. I would say find your creative friends <laughs> that are photographers, that are writers, that are doing other things where they think, no, cold outreach is not for me. I love this stuff so much more than social media. Like me personally, I don't spend a lot of time on LinkedIn or Twitter. I think it's a waste of time. Like I just, it's that you get that hockey stick, right? But you have to be consistent and I'm not consistent and I don't want to be consistent, right? Because I want to do other things. And, and I just think that when you create a system like this and you can generate leads effectively and just drop them into this machine, whether using Lemlist or something else, it is very easy. And, and this thing just works while you sleep. Social media doesn't work while you sleep. You have to be actively replying to people and coming up with tweet ideas and content. And then like someone says you suck and then it's all public. And it's just like a game that I just don't understand. Everyone's like, build an audience, build an audience. I don't think you need to build an audience. I think you need to build a list. Don't build an audience, build a list. There you go. That's, that's what I think. There you go. Yeah. I love it. I love it. When you're, when you're on the social platforms, you're definitely on someone else's chessboard for sure. Very yeah. good. And it works for some people. If you're a speaker, a coach or something like that, people need to see you. People need to trust you. And again, that's my bread and butter. Like that's, that's who we're helping with, with these edited videos that we're doing. But for me personally, I just want to be behind the scenes and just be helping people. That's, that's good enough for me. I love it. Editvideocalls.com. Patrick, thanks so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Morgan. You have a good one. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.